Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This map, here we are here. See, this is us. The exit is here, and we've come too far to just feel like this. Yeah, we've come too far to be feeling like this. Certain, certain, you want to. Hey, it's JD here, and welcome to Getting Hip to the Hip, a weekly podcast where I take my friends on a whirlwind tour of the Tragically Hip's discography, one record at a time, week over week. And that is the case with this week as we're discussing 2012's Now for Plan A, the 12th studio record from the Tragically Hip. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Pete and Tim, and we've also got Dan from London here. 
How hey. the hell are you guys doing? Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I um, after that. Uh, good. Hold on. Let me look at my segment guide here. Uh, introduction. Rousing response from the gentleman. <laughs> yep. Check. Huh. <laughs> now we'll move on to the next segment, which is uh, experience with this record. <laughs> this is uh, coming off of We Are the Same, a record which was uh, roundly dismissed by these two gentlemen uh, a week ago, Dan. Um, it was one that was not well well liked. Uh, so we're hoping we've got a comeback on our, on our, in, in the midst here. Uh, it happens. So Pete and Tim first <laughs> talk to me about, um, where you listened to the record the first time, how you experienced it on multiple listens and, you know, overall vibage off the top. And then we'll fire it over to you, Dan, to get a similar reaction. Well, um, I listened to it in multiple places. Listened to it uh, first, I think, working, sitting at the computer. Um, listened to it in the home stereo system. Listened to it in the car. Um, the I love the record. I, I don't want to say too much because I think we're going to get into a lot of it. But only thing I will, I will say, um, and in all due respect... I don't want to come off harsh here, but fuck you, Dan, um, right off the bat, because you've had this record for some time and we got a week to, to, a week. to soak it in. A week. And um, let me let me tell you, a week wasn't even yeah. enough. I mean, I could I could soak this record in for a year. That's all I'm going to say. I'm gonna I'll, say. I'll agree with that. With all due respect, fuck, <laughs> fuck Dan. Like, with all due respect. <laughs> Thank we you. we had a week with it. We we had a week with it. We had I feel like we had a lifetime with We Are the Same, but we we only had a a week yeah. with uh, Now for Plan A, and I I felt a little rushed to let it resonate. But every time I turned it on, I don't know. I don't want to say it felt like the first time, but it was. Uh, it just clicked with me. There are some good tunes on here. The We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get into it. But, you know, I listen to it my usual places, um, usual places. I listen to it more, I guess, excitedly with uh, my better headphones on around the house, which always makes for, you know, where's dad? Oh, he's right there, but he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, you know, because I wanted to hear it in in its in its entirety. And I can only really do that in, in the car with the cans on. So yeah, that was kind of my experience. It was quick for a, a quick album, right? Yeah. The, the fastest record in their yeah. oeuvre, uh, at like 39 minutes or so, yep. and only two singles as well. I, I that was mm. shocking to me as well. Which uh, were those? I didn't, they that were, uh, at transformation was the first single. Of course. And hold on. I've got it right here. Uh, Streets ahead. Streets ahead. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Any feedback from Spotify? Did any of you guys look at Spotify, like where the play counts were? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely up there. Um, so is 
uh, so is that transformation and, and I think the title track. Um, okay. JD, I just want to get transformation was the biggest. JD, do you use the term oeuvre a lot? And I, 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 I pause it to think that you use that term a lot because it rhymes with your last name and the production company that this, that is gifting us with this here podcast, Duvra. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Is that why? It's my last name and Uvra combined without the D. Without the D. Yeah. And it's because it's all my work, right? It's my collection of work. It right. It is Duvra. Yeah. So. So you don't like the D is what you're saying. Hey, <laughs> now. I'm just joking. Pete, Pete told me he thought it might be a extraterrestrial oh, form stop. of anatomy that he's not aware of. Dan, Dan. He actually said, is this, <laughs> is, is, this, is this some body part that I didn't learn? Dan's, <laughs> Dan's, Dan's regretting joining this, joining this podcast. Dan, what, what are you like? Well, I want to hear from Dan. I want to, I want to know what, like yeah. he's had a while. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, with this whole thing, I'm me just too. along for the ride, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys play out in front of me. Um, now, um, yeah, as you say, I was really lucky because it was after the last one I was on that I, I learned that this was the next one I was going to be on. So I had some considerable amount of time, um, and also time to, uh, purchase Jan, uh, oh, album. Yeah. And get it imported from Germany, I think. Nice. Um, so, so I, I had mm, a real binge cool. at first because I think it's um it's a it's a pretty easy album to get into. There's a there's a couple of tracks that sort of you, you kind of misplace, you know, uh, in the order along the way for various reasons. But um, I, I was just listening to it on my way to work, so that was always you know whilst traveling on the train, um, and uh, and I had I had good times with it, and I uh, had it all prepared what I was going to say. And because it was many months ago, I then moved on and got busy and did different things, forgot it all, and then spent today binge listening and making notes again. <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I'm actually catching up with you guys now, which is typical. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that represents our week with this Oh, album. that's great. Yeah. Dan's last Dan, right. Dan's yeah. last visit was Trouble yeah, at the wow. Inhouse, right? So he's yeah. had a couple we, of good ones. Which we also... Uh, we have it yeah. now. Nice. Awesome. Look at that. All right. That guy. Well, what do you say we start this son of a gun then? Uh, we get in, turn the keys, and see where we end up. Mm-hmm. All right. The first song. We start in with this cancer metaphor right off the bat with uh, At Transformation. Mm. Can I go? Sure. This one, I was so happy hearing the first seconds of this song. Coming off of our uh, last album's experience, you know, this one was so fun for me. I was relieved to hear this song. I played it three times before I went on with the album. <laughs> Literally, just like, okay, let's do that one again. Okay, let's do that one again. I was just so, I mean, you, you can feel, I don't know, the the bass is on fire in this song you can feel gourd when he does the woo you know after that transformation towards the kind of the end i felt that coming you knew the woo was coming right i don't know it just uh context aside it's a killer song and even the outro loops back 
everything about the intro, you know, it just was this circle of a song I felt like just could have been a single, been done. Okay. Great, great starter. There's some weird on this album. There's definitely some playfulness with song endings with distortion and feedback and keys and synthesizers or something, which this one kind of gives us that first taste of. So I was happy to hear it played 128 times live, 128 times live. So they, they played this one a bit. How about you, Dan? Oh, I mean my, uh, second favorite track on the album yeah, I mean, as soon as that sort of uh, distorted bass kicks in, you know you're in for a bit of a ride. And um, again, similar to you know other other tracks that we were looking at um, when I was last in on the Hen House, this does similar things where you've got that not quite. You've got a really good bridge, and then a not quite a chorus, but then it comes in the second time with the you know at transformation bit. Well, the I can see it all at once and at transformation bit, and then that that bass takes off and does its thing and it just man it just takes off and as you say it just dissipates into this weird sort of sonic mad sort of ending and similar to the start it's like after that bass is there the guitars kind of come in in some kind of informal manner and then it just bang picks up when he starts uh, singing the verse so it's 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 a banger yeah absolutely listen to again and again and again and again and again <laughs> Contextually, it's weird. I I, I second guess myself a lot, not just with this song, especially with this song though, but with the whole record. I say because Tim Tim alluded to it a little bit. Dan doesn't have the context of last week's record, so I'm like, is this fucking record as amazing as I think it is, or is it? It's like, hey, I've been living in a, you know in a faraway prison eating rice and stale bread for three years. And now I'm sitting down at fucking Ruth Chris Steakhouse and, you know, eating a filet mignon medium rare with a bottle of, uh, you know, 89 Chateau Montalena or some shit. You know, like, I, that's what it feels like. It's fucking, uh, notes-wise, I'm, I'm, this, the, the song started like a typical hip song, how you know the hip with the drums coming in, like this, the syncopation to where the guitar comes in, not when you expect it. It just comes in like a beat and a half before, and it's fucking cool. Um, I'm just looking mm-hmm. at the notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so long, Bob Rock. <laughs> There's a lot of that in these notes. Um, the, yeah, exactly. the bass, the guitars, gourds voice throughout this entire record this is just a welcome back tragically hip like um one thing that i thought of when i was listening to it was like i I pictured in my mind the whole band on stage playing this song after maybe being through some shit for a while and like you know 45 seconds into this tune everybody just looks over at each other and like get they don't say shit they don't have to say shit they just say everything with their eyes and they look at each other and just smile and, and are just like, yep, welcome back. Welcome fucking back. I mean, what a return. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just feel like we drifted so much uh, from last week. Again, 
um, that it, it, listening to his first song was awesome. Loved it. At the same time, you know, the in my research and reading about Gord's wife and her breast cancer and him dealing with that and that kind of being a thread through this album, I believe, it's, you know, it was exciting listen for me and I loved this first song, but at the same time, it's like, oh, fuck. We all, in our own ways, see our own stories, our own experiences can relate to cancer and probably even breast cancer. And we have a good friend who just went through it all the way and just uh, a couple of days ago found out she was cancer free. So, oh, wow. You know, this Gord's, yeah, Gord's wife, you know, came out. Yeah. Um, in the end and it didn't take her, which is fucking cool. But, you know, to read, I don't know, there's one quote just to get into it real quick. There's one quote from him, um, from Gord, and he says, many of these songs are me trying to help, you know, through the process mutely the way a man does around breast cancer. So it's, it's some, some heavy conceptual oh my God. themes yeah. here going but on. But even straight, even straightforward though, I was unaware that a transformation is the term, the medical term for a cell going from malignant to cancerous that's mm. called at transformation okay. so okay. that's what you know the title of the song is right yeah heavy heavy stuff and then we move into man machine poem You're right. 
So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm going to make a bold statement. This may be my favorite hip song. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I didn't, I, 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 Tim, I'm telling you the whole thing. I kept, I, I was like mourning sort of Tiger the Lion for a minute <laughs> in a weird way because I was just, mm. it's, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to say about this song. Yeah, it's cinematic, JD, but it's just so different. And it's funny because your whole thing that you just said was it's such a return to form. And while it is, it's still not the melodically nothing like I've heard from the hip before. That that when it gets that minor four that and it trickles down, um, it's um it's amazing. It's it. Gord's voice is like, I don't know if it, he, it, I feel like it's, he's straining it on purpose. It just sounds like he's yeah. screaming, yeah. singing with every fiber of his body. And like when he gets to the end of a phrase or a word or a breath, it's like, you know, he it's out of gas and he's got to take a breath to recharge and say the next line. Um, uh, one thing I thought of when I heard this, the I, the guitar tone on this song is forged from something not of this earth. I've never, <laughs> I don't know what, and there's a lot of really cool effects on this record, but I just don't know what that is. I mean, and I don't know if they remember, cool. if they know how they got it, but it just, with the keyboards hit in this song too, like, there were so many keyboards in the last record that I think Tim and I and JD as well felt were squandered, overused. Like this was just. Dude, you gotta, I, you gotta write, you gotta write to Gavin Brown, the producer. I bet he'll know. You should. Oh God. I mean, you're, but you're talking about effects, settings, everything, all the mix to make that sound the way it did. But yeah. just Jesus, dude, it was Wow. What a song. What a song. So this was played at their last show, right? At Air Canada Center, August 14, 2016. Wasn't that it? K-Rock K Center is their last show, which was the oh, okay. 16th, I think. Ah, okay. Or the 18th. Either way, towards the end, this was played, and I can't imagine. I mean, did people know Gord had cancer? They did, they right? They sure did. Before the yeah. end. So I just can't imagine hearing this one live because it's, you know, originally about his wife and yes, him talking about her having cancer. And it turns out, you know, I just when I heard this and put it all together, I just thought this probably just made people cry towards the end when he was singing the song. Tim, when you sorry, that's exactly what I one other thing I put in my if I would have seen this song live, it would have crushed me. It would have physically yeah fucking crushed me yeah i mean the the metaphor of the avocet and the peregrine falcon i mean you're talking a ballerina of a gentle long skinny legged bird versus a fucking falcon which will swoop down and you know steal a chipmunk or a squirrel or a chicken or anything you know there's it's just the the pos the position in this song is just 
so big and heavy. And the first time I listened to it was in the car, and it was just like you want to scream along with him, the the chorus, but I just couldn't do it. And then at the end, it's like this bomb going off. Like the end is just just as explosive as the middle of the song. So. Yeah, I mean, um, the 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 song at the end of that transformation after you've gone through that weird little sporadic, you know, sonic soundscape thing, you get that little percussive knocking, you know, and it's it's like a little sort of artificial heartbeat, and then you know you track that in and and it starts this yeah. song and then it's there at the end as well after the everything, you know, that big chord goes away, it's it comes back into that as well, um, but also within that as well, um. I mean, Pete was talking about guitars, but there's, there's there's so much like weird tambourine stuff going on in it amongst all all things as well. Um, so that was good. But um, I mean, man, yeah, what a huge song! And then, yeah, I mean, the, I say the, the 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 chorus is huge, even though it's just three words, absolutely massive. And um, you know, Gord singing, as we were saying, it's just the the first verse just starts off with this kind of declaration, doesn't it? And it's a kind of desperate declaration and it just sort of yes. this attacking desperation in his voice sort of carries on from there. It's yeah. As I was saying, it's just not like anything I've heard before. That was amazing delivery. Yeah. yeah and those lyrics crazy. Now, Pete, I want to go back to something that you said about, you know, this being something we've never heard before. I feel like this is a band that even on the records that we didn't necessarily like, they do that every record. They f- you feel like they're touching the edge of their capabilities. And, you know, they're sort of, um, they're sort of, uh, you know, whoa, they're sort of out there, this record. But you can, do, you can go all the way back to Road Apples and say that about Last of the Unplugged Gems, you know? Well, this is sort of... Uh, out of out of left field it doesn't necessarily fit on this record and then you know uh we are the same you could say that about uh the depression suite right like like holy shit that who knew they had this opus in them so uh, i'm just i'm just curious you know if that's um if if you vibe what i'm saying yeah no it's a good point jd and and i think the 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 component here that I feel is different because I agree with you, especially on the last record, we are the same and you could, you could tick along to every record since, and there's an element of that on there. But Tim said something at the beginning of the pod. Um, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but what I, the feeling that I got was like this record, you know, being about his wife and all that stuff. And it's, it's one thing to, be elaborate you know it's it's one thing to um to to show up to a a party or whatever wearing the, the coolest outfit or dress or suit or whatever um but it's you know it's another thing if you wear it well and what i mean by that in terms of this song is that you can feel that there's a feeling behind this it's not just Hey, we're going to go fucking big and elaborate because, I don't know, name a hundred reasons why the hip would go big and elaborate. 
probably the most used excuse would be that they want to break through to the American market, whatever. That's not what's going on here. This is like organic as hell. Everything about this song. There's, they're going yeah. big, big and elaborate on this tune because they don't have any other choice. They're like, this is the fucking song that's coming out of all of us right now. Yeah, it's elaborate. I'm just, this is the song. Fucking take it or leave it. If that makes sense, JD. It's that yeah. difference, I feel. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah. in, in the car with this one cranked, I just thought, you know, imagine imagine being in the recording studio with these guys and everybody's kind of listening to Gord belt this one out or I don't know. It just, this, this song is just a gigantic one. So for song number two, you know, following at transformation to get into this, if, if we want to jump ahead to the look ahead, I mean, this, this gave us just, uh, we shifted gears a little bit and got a little more lighthearted with the look ahead. Um, I thought the song packed a punch under three minutes. It's quick. The So the bass and the guitars seem a little more in tandem on this one. If I remember right, there's like lefts riffs throughout. Um, but the for me, the lyrics of you weigh a snowflake, the glamour of the sky descending past perfect eyes and hearts leaped. You know, it's just, whew. damn. Um, the look ahead, I first searched it as the look ahead, three words, and, you know, couldn't find shit until <laughs> I realized look ahead was one word, and then learned that that means awesome, you know? Like, I'll say Dan and JD have fucking look ahead shirts on today. We Pete and I didn't get the memo of where to wear pavement shirts, but that that's that's the phrase there. Text was not sent. Word. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what about you, Dan? What did you think? Um, I, I think the look ahead is is my favorite tragically hip song by by a long shot. And as we were saying, cool. it's, it, it just it's just because of those choruses, those those words that just hang over between the lines it's just beautiful it's just absolutely beautiful it just it just does something so amazing to make you feel fantastic it's oh that's it man if i'm having a bad day i could stick that on and that's 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 me yeah because i just just quickly i mentioned that it felt you know more light-hearted but i also thought this one is still fucking full of juice you know it's still I don't know. This uh, this is kind of felt like this great tragically hip rock song, but it's it's loaded, and it's under three minutes. So yeah, it's yeah. I say it, it just it comes and goes, but as it comes along, it's just magnificent. You know, you can't sing on that. It's just it's fully formed. And this was one of the ones that um, I I, I just started listening to it. You know, you'd start at the start and the start is just so different to what it evolves into. And you keep thinking you've got the wrong song, you know, but that start section only lasts about 20 odd seconds before it just everything kicks in. And it just, you know, it's it's one of those songs that I just, you just can't say that much about. It just is what it is. It does what it does to you. And you just, you just recognize that and it's unstoppable. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I would, uh, uh, I I tend to agree with you. It's a, it's a, it's a banger for sure. 
wouldn't be my favorite tragically hip song but it would make my top 20 list probably but boy oh boy uh we haven't really commented on the uh the backing vocals of sarah harmer in this one pete what did you think about uh miss mm. harmer's uh, uh addition to this song well question is she is she on the other tune the other tunes on this record as well or is it somebody different? Yes. Okay. Well, I want to get. I'll, I'm going to kind of save that, if that's okay, for some other songs. I, sure. I, all yeah. I'll say about this is that I, it's crazy. I love that Dan Dan feels it's his favorite tune because I feel like this song is like it is formulaic, tragically hip, and it's, yeah, I agree. It's not just. Like there's some songs that In you feel way. like it's yeah exactly exactly there's some songs you feel like oh yeah this is the hip this is the hip tune but it's not just that it's fucking great it's it's yeah and you know generally with their records they come out with two or three bangers to start and they kind of like or ones that just jaw drop you and then song three or song four they 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 just pull back a little bit. And I feel like in terms of the, the, they, they take off the throttle. It's not as crazy, but melodically, this song is just, I mean, you can't not mm-hmm. put this song on and enjoy the shit out of it. Like it's a, it's a sure fire, you know? Yeah. Dan hit the nail on the head. He's like, if I'm having a bad day, I put this song on and it, you know, helps turn it around for me. I, that's, I, completely agree i read a critique of this song about it being too simple or less prolific or oh god you know there are even some other critiques of the album citing the lyrics to be not as complex or you know less poetic all these kind of harsh critiques yeah fucked this for real they're i can't even believe that yeah exactly exactly and it just made me like this album more you know this this song in particular, it's like I couldn't agree with you more, Pete. Under three minutes, it just totally packs a punch. It's it's sure a hip song, but fuck, it's it's killing it. This is a top five record for me. I figured, I so, figured. Oh, hands down, you know, you're like hands down. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, hence our special guest. Anybody else? Anything else to say about the look ahead featuring Sarah Harmer? Okay, then we go right into the really heavy we want to be at. I I don't have a lot on this one just because it's fucking huge. You know? Like the the drip, drip, drip stayed in my head for days. It's so impactful. This is just a fucking loaded song. It's... uh, Yeah. It was played towards the end of their career live as well. And it was just another one of those where it was like, what was this like? I think this one was the, the same show I mentioned, Air Canada Center. So what was what was it like to hear this in that state of the career of this band and Gord's life? And Yeah, and the, I was there for one of the shows at the Air Canada Center. Mm-hmm. The first one. Um I can look up what the set list is, uh, what, what the set list was, but so can anybody who's listening to this right now. Yeah, a bunch of these, I think half of these 
songs on this album were played at those last shows of this album. I think it's like four or five songs off of yeah, the album they were did played, is they played at those last they shows. They played four songs per album, and then ah, they selected, okay. you know, six albums a night to play. So, you know, that's... So even if you went to all three nights at the Arcanda Center, you probably didn't get repeats. Um, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is... Guys, just wait. Just wait. Just wait for the documentary. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy town. Crazy town, USA. Yeah. So, we want to be at Giant Song... You're right. The drip, drip, drip. Did you get it right away? For me, it took a bunch of listens before I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's fucking chemo. <laughs> yeah, all right. Mine, I, I, I got it. My mind went to morphine first, but I got it. Oh, morphine. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Something. I was thinking it was, it was, was probably chemo. it was chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I say I didn't, I didn't know anything about the context of this album until obviously just before uh we we started recording which obviously puts a completely completely different slant on it for me so uh yeah i'm interpreting this as as we go along as well um i mean yeah an amazing song absolutely huge but um um at the bottom of the page at the bottom of the lyrics in the album it says for alan arkin and uh madeline khan and um they were in a film together 1980 called simon anybody seen that where um uh, yeah no. this is this is what i came across so uh in this film alan arkin plays a guy who um a psychology professor who gets brainwashed and um basically by this company and they uh they persuade him that he's from a different planet and he escapes from them and uh, attempts to reform american culture by overriding tv signals with a high power tv transmitter becoming a national celebrity in the process yeah but but also in that wow. in that film, um, he's <laughs> he's trying to make, break this record as well for being like a sensory deprivation tank for eighty hours. So I don't know how it relates, but that's that's something that um, I found out in relation to this. Yeah, so. that is totally crazy because again, that means. Maybe there was one line in that song that is about that, or maybe there's that's a whole crazy. theme. It's, you know, um, I, I don't see it or hear it, but doesn't mean it's not no, there. But there's, there's some, I don't, I don't know what the relationship is there, but that's, that's on the page. Yeah. Very strange. So we all need to, we all need cool. to watch that film anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, had, I, I, when you said that they convinced him that he's a, that he's from another planet, it reminded me of the, the movie Joe versus the volcano. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It was a bomb at the theaters, but they convinced him that he has something called a brain cloud, like a cancer, but he's, he's going to die. So they get him to jump into this volcano. It's the craziest fucking movie. But um, it, it reminded me of that. No, uh, I, yeah, this song is, it's huge. Uh, there's a bridge part in this song and, you know, my feelings with a bridge, it's either good or it's not. Or actually, no, I didn't even yeah. it's either it's either standard and you're like, okay, that's the bridge, okay, or it's yeah, yeah, okay, or it's total shit and you're just like, man, that just threw the whole fucking tune off. This is a good bridge. I like it. I love it. Um, 
There's a third layer you're saying. Yeah, there's a there's there's and very few bands are able to pull it off. Um, right. You know, uh, it's it's not. I feel like when you're writing the standard pop song, there's just it's just like there's a formula of first chorus, first chorus, bridge, chorus, you know, whatever. And bands fall right into it. And it's like it's just like this 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 thing that happens and they, it didn't happen here. Right. And um, I love it, man. I mean, I I I, I would say this is maybe my third oh, I don't know, third or fourth best song on this record because there's just so many good ones. Um, <laughs> don't give away the final segment. No, 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 here, no, don't no, give away no, the. No, don't no. give away the. Well, I, I kind of already gave away the final it. segment, but. Uh, <laughs> I want people. That's a good point. Oh shit. But um. Whoops. No, to move it, 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 if if we're gonna move uh move ahead to the next street, we'll you know yeah. see what I did. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And <laughs> just like you're a fucking idiot, dude. I know.
Pumpkinhead <laughs> is, is definitely a... So this is the first song where I noticed the thread of fuzz in this mm, okay. in this record. Because then cool. after this, it's wildly apparent on every song. This yeah. fuzz and this distortion, it's like a static that's there on every track yep. after this. Um, uh, the bass, um, Gord Sinclair's bass for this one. I know we talked about it taking off in the look ahead. But really, just it just off the charts. The licks he's throwing. The drums here. too. The drums um, are fucking killing it right there. Absolutely. Yeah. The drum fills. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, I, I. This must have been. I actually wrote down, "Holy macaroni," because um, it just <laughs> it it just feels like this song. They're hitting on all cylinders. Like at this point, it's like the car is. The car is going, you're in, you've gotten to fifth gear and the car is just, it's humming along. You can go faster, you can slow it down a little bit, still in fifth gear. Engine is just humming perfectly. Car has just been serviced, oil's changed, everything's great. You could be going 60 or you could be going like 150 and it just feels good. Yeah. And it feels the same. 100%. Hundred percent. Thank you, Tim. That's what I got to say about. I'll, I'll retrieve my uh, statement a minute ago about the look ahead meaning. I, I totally blew it. It's the streets ahead, which means cool or awesome. So my bad there. Yeah, streets ahead. If you want to say, you know, oh okay, Pete's new do is streets ahead. He's he's there. Dig it, haircut. Thank you for noticing. Oh, streets ahead. Okay, okay. Well, look ahead then. Look ahead has significance. Look ahead is uh, something that mm. was said between Gord's wife and him, and it and it was like sort of what they would say to each other. Um, yeah, I, I did as God. Well. I'm I'm sure. just hacking this up like a big. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a perfect piece of meat. I've just hacked it into tartare. You cooked it well done, um, which is which is which is. You know, tartar is delicious, but not, you know, the way I did it. Yeah, it, it was like all good kind of thing. Yeah, it was, it was her know? her look, the look you know, him. to him as if everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So st- streets yeah. ahead, different. Means awesome. Yeah. It means really cool. This, this one I thought, it kind of kicked off. It reminded me of Elvis Costello or the Kinks. Kind of had this oh. loud, like, late... I don't know, mid seventies rock kind of love slash anthem sound to it. It felt like it could end around two minutes, but there's a bridge and then it takes another lap, which is great because it's still a short song, but um, it, it really felt like it just brought me back to, I don't know, middle school and hearing the kinks and those times. Um, it has this crazy ominous 20 second ending over 20 seconds. Like this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I got to give kudos to um, Gavin Brown because he, he really Gavin let the, 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 the band explore intros, outros, you know, this, they, they got, they got more creative on this, this album in general. Yeah. I think it, I think it makes it, it makes it yeah. harken back to that that live sound that we all crave so much with this band, 
sorry, sorry to say, like what you guys have been saying the last few weeks about like, oh man, I wish I could have seen them live. That's, you know, what a lot of people are saying right now. You know, there are a lot of people in that camp. Uh, they were renowned for their live show. Like, absolutely. I wonder how many people listening to right now are like late to the fucking, you know, got came to the party really late. It's like, hey, punch bowl's empty. There's fucking no cake right. left. And uh, they're just talking to people. Yeah. You know, I never got to see the fucking band line. Yeah. Please send Pete a mail at Pete at gettinghiptothehip.com. Yeah. Shut up. There, there was a blurb from Gord giving some journalists a, a quick, ah, it's about uh, dog sledding. And that was, a, that's all I gave. So who the fuck knows with that guy? I mean, I, I would love to have been in Gord's shoes during interviews because he was all over the place from things I've read. He was all over the place. He would, he would give like heartfelt, you know meanings to stuff and then he'd be like ah that's 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 what somebody said to me on the train one time and i misheard them <laughs> one of my favorites is somebody asked him about cordelia what is it what is cordelia all about and he's like well it's like a metaphor it's it's uh oh just go read king lear <laughs> <laughs> well it's like i feel like that's like as much as we're joking about it, it's got to be. There's got to be an element to that that's true. Is like you know, at one point a song means something to you, and then as time goes on, mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, it's just about some shit I heard on a fucking train one day or whatever it is. You know, that's right. You no, know, I, I don't think he's poo pooing the bed. Like he's not pulling a Donald Fagan, as I've said before from Steely Dan, where just like, yeah, they're just words written down on a page. They don't mean anything. You know, he's not pulling that, but he's, you know, was it, did you ever hear that interview that, or that clip? It's a great clip of Jack White from the White Stripes, where he says, and whatever you think about the White Stripes is irrelevant, um, where he said that, uh, that when he hears Seven Nation Army, which is arguably one of the most overplayed rock songs in the history of rock and roll, yeah. that... He doesn't even feel like it's his song. He's like, I just wrote it. We recorded it. It was a cool tune. And now it's out there. And it's like, it's like, that's another band. That's not my band playing that shit. It's really cool. It's and really cool the way he comes across. Yeah, he, 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 he basically said his, I, I've, I've heard some, read some of it from him too. And he basically says once, once a song is out. Yeah. There, yeah. It's not yeah. His something anymore. to that. Well, well, there you go, Tim. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And he opens his wallet. Fucking cool. And, Looks at that. He's like, oh, fat. there they are. They're the songs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. They're the songs. <laughs> or his Ford Broncos. Oh my god, that guy. Jesus, man. It's funny. He's he's got some on him. I'm sure, man. I I just recently learned that my wife has a thing for him, really? which I had no idea about, and I'm like, I'm like, oh fuck. All right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely not measuring up to that guy. Well, you just need to write a couple of hit songs that are like global <laughs> phenomenons. Yeah. Paint my house red. Anything else on Streets Ahead? So this next part of the album is where we we take a, a dip in amount of time songs were played. 
And I'm not really sure why, but uh, now for plan A was only played 10 times live. You know, um, there's no explanation for me, but that's just a just a data point. But this one I thought was kind of this level of super heaviness, no turning back. This is like you're facing this song, you know, there's nothing short of everything's enough. You know, there's there's acoustic guitar in here that feels at one point in the song it. I don't want to say it feels forced, but it feels like it could be played softer and nicer, but it's not in which is very distinct with acoustic. Um, and I, I thought I, at this point, wasn't sure who was on backups, who was singing backups. You know, I, I didn't know if it was Kate Fenner who we had before. Or oh, right. Right. JD, you mentioned it. Who, who is this gal? This is Sarah Harmer. So she's what's, what's her story. Anybody got any data? She's got a pretty good solo career. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what her big song was. Um, that would have been in around 2002, 2003. I'll take some links for those of you out there. Getting hip to hip. 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 Sketch, please register him as a yeah. Republican. Send me some email. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have I have <laughs> notifications turned on, and it's it's um. It's, it's, I, I email P at getting hip to hip.com if you want the address and phone number. <laughs> no, she's, she's gorgeous. She's uh, has an amazing matchup with Gort. Her voice is, I thought, incredible. Mm-hmm. Basement, this, the song for basement, you know, I like my song in 2000. Okay. So. Okay. For the cadence of the album, for this being song six, you know, these are my, my chapters of the book, the chapters of the book. It's it's a good song six, you know. No, no issues. It's it, there's also with one point. Just lastly, um, when Gord sings, nothing short of nothing short of everything's enough. Mm-hmm. There's a one point when he's singing that in the song that I heard Johnny Cash. Like there was some kind of Johnny Cash yep. coming through. Definitely more growly and Gord esque, but. It's it's a cool song. Only played ten times live, so special. Yeah, so this is the is this the longest song on the album as well, and it's only like five minutes and four. Mm. But um, the the build up is such that it's uh, one minute sixteen when the lyrics actually start. So it's just swirly, swirly build ups, and then uh, yeah, and then you you get it. I don't. I don't know what to say about this. I say it's um. It's it's one of those tracks that I uh. I, I kind of just sort of uh, get through. It's 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 one of these things that's just not really on my um uh attention span. I don't know why because of the. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because of the aesthetics of the song. I don't know. But uh, listening to it again today, I have grown to to like it more yeah it's it's a a dynamite song on great headphones after a joint the the way it sort of settles in the album it's almost like um you've you've been through a few things and then you get a snowstorm and everything just really sort of settles down and you're sitting sort of watching the snow but for me i don't know it it doesn't feel like i want to sit down and be there watching the snow i want to kind of hop on a bit so it's i don't know why it just feels a little bit misplaced for me but that's that's how i am with albums i always want 
something more. I always want them to sort of build up. I'm not so good when they are, uh, you know, change down slightly. For me, I don't know. Maybe if it was later on in the album. No, we talk about sequencing all the time here. So this is great. This is great to to sort of think about that. That that um that film I was talking about, the Simon film, um, when I yeah. sort of saw trying to delve into what that was about, there was a few little sort of trailery bits and a few little segments of it. And there's there's one with Alan Arkin doing one of his um psychology lectures, you know, and he's with these kids and he's just saying, um, uh yeah, one of the one of the greatest Wittgenstein quotes you'll hear is the um I don't know what I don't know, which is fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's that's the ultimate wisdom. That is the ultimate wisdom. When you can when you can truly think that out your fingertips, you know? Uh you've you've got it. You've got it made in the shade. I've tried uh-huh. many times to get there, but just can't get that. Oh, wait a minute, that's another podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what you said about it taking a while to come in, um, I feel that, and I, I think JD's right. You need you need a joint and some good cans for it. But I would say this is probably my second favorite song on this record. Ooh. JD, you asked me about the woman singing. Yeah. Before, um, I feel like nowadays. That's a cool thing to do. It's I think it started in like 2017, 2018. A lot of bands. I know the Nationals been doing it a lot with their new records, having like female guest vocalists join in on certain songs. Oh, wow. And it's cool. I like it. But I feel like when they did this record in 2012, nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing that. Um... You got a band of five guys, that's the fucking band. There ain't no, you know, it's not like a, um, a, a song featuring so-and-so. Like, bands very rarely do that. That's totally true. You're, you know? yeah, absolutely. And this, this woman's on at least, what, three songs? Uh, two for sure. Uh, I've only got two. Two, maybe, maybe two, sorry. No, but, that's all right. um yeah, I mean, I, 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 the song is just uh, amazing the way it starts. I, I got some production wise, I got some Beach Boys vibes from this because there's oh. so much production, like, a, a, like Abbey Road stock level. Like, we're in the studio sitting around the board, like, what do you think if we do this and we throw this in and everybody's talking like that's the level of this song because the musicianship is just it's gone. When you look at the the EP compared to where we're at now, poof, everybody is just, you know, it's not they're not even on the same planet anymore. This band, um, I would say that. Just just if you look at this song from production wise, whatever you think about it, you know, the song, you like it, you you don't like it. I happen to like it, but it's got to be some of their best, most accomplished work because of how well everything is done in it. Whether or not you like the melody, whether or not you like the 
minute and 17 or 16 seconds without anything. I get that. I get how sequencing wise I could put you in a weird spot, but like you can't deny that this song is extremely well done, well recorded, produced, written, everything. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And, you know, again, there would be a lot of people who would argue that the last two records were really well produced as well. And um, maybe they're right. I don't know. But to me, it's just more heavy handed. It's, you know, it's much more heavy handed. This record is much more subtle. Yeah, there are still brush strokes. But it doesn't feel as like they are put on by like a makeup specialist. Right. You There's know? a difference between a produced record and a well-produced record. Yeah. Yeah. Or overproduced, maybe. Overproduced. So let's get into the modern spirit. And we can think about the modern spirit in a couple of different ways. We were talking about sequencing earlier. And I'm wondering, would... Dan, would this have satisfied your palate uh, if the modern spirit had come after Streets Ahead? Or was it something more specific you were looking for? Something more to drive it even higher? No, no. I mean, you can you can link those two together. You can imagine it coming straight in after Streets Ahead. It would, it would have been a good, good transition. Yeah. Um, but I say, in terms of this track, I mean, all of their... Um, Rolling Stones uh, cover versions paid off, didn't they? This is Modern Spirit's pure Rolling Stones. It's just, in every aspect, it's just fantastic. Do you do you get that vibe? Yeah, I, I can hear that. Even the, even the drum shuffles are just stones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some wattage in there for sure. 100%, Dan. Well said. Yeah, it's 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 very sort of modern, late sort of stones, but um, it's 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 spot on, even though it's not supposed to be <laughs> stones. But um, yeah, you know, versatility and how to do it so well, and his his voice is fantastic on this as well. Banger, yeah, yeah, hard agree. The the way this song starts, I mean, I mean, I listen to this song and number of different uh, venues. Um, 100% the way this song starts and it hits. It's a fucking driving song. I mean, it's just driving down the fucking highway, windows down. Um, you know, I know last time Tim was with us, what record was it? Or Tim, uh, last time Dan was with us, what record was it? Trouble yeah. now. So I don't know if Tim, or I don't know if Dan remembers, but um, Dan, my car. So for so my car has a, a what you would call what the layman would call a premium audio sound system. So the the, the listening experience is not what you'd normally get oh, from no. you know even a decent sound system in a car. It's it's quite you know it's quite advanced. And this, <laughs> I don't know if Dan remembers that from the last listening, but I think I remember uh, you mentioning it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely a cut above. 
Um, I think the backup vocals on this song too, the way they come in, everything about this song is fucking cooks. You, if you, if you don't have a smile on your face, jamming along to this song, driving, whatever you're doing, then you need a fucking lobotomy or you need something. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know what, how you could not absolutely love this song. And, and the one note I want to bring up here, I feel like Gord's when it comes to his vocals and everything, this song, I think that it's thematic throughout the record, but this song really makes me, made me realize he's not, he's, he's transcended humanity as a vocalist. And I know this is bold words I'm saying here, but I feel like where he was at from the EP and where we've seen it go, it's like he's an evolved, you know how humans evolve from apes? It's like right. Gord has evolved from humans. So they say. Right, so they say. My apologies for all you uh, creationists out there. No, but but I feel like Gord is, he's moved past it vocally. He's just, and as a songwriter and as a front man, he's just like, I don't think I've ever seen, you know, no disrespect to the, to, to the Stones, because we were talking about the Stones, Dan brought up the Stones. You know, mix Mick, man. You know what you're getting every time. It's, he's great and he's consistent and he's always great. But I wouldn't say the guy's vocals and style and everything has evolved much since get off my cloud to where it's at today. It's the same dude. Gord, I feel like is just, Oh yeah. He's evolved past the normal human Gord. He's now like mega Gord or okay, you know. mega Gord. Mecha Gord, you know, like what? <laughs> yeah. he was five lions and then he converged into one. I don't know. I'm going to use Voltron as a verb. He Voltroned into one giant robot of a lead singer. Tim, what do you think of this one? I I thought the same about the open road with this one. The the white and open throat. Night slips back with no noise. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's a great song. All right, next. So this next one about this map was last played in Spokane, Washington. 2012 it was only played twice oh tim how about modern spirit was it played more Uh, feels like a live feels like a live song ah sorry uh modern spirit only 12 only 12 so as as this album goes by um these songs are played less live which yeah it's it just made me wonder about the band and what 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 or why or you know it was it was it the theme of the album and the life and the times that was kind of too heavy to, okay. to play live? Or I'm not sure. Well, they only had one sure. tour after this okay. Okay. as well. And that was the last tour. How many stops you was know? that, do you think? And we'll, and we'll get into that. Like, I think it was okay. 16. Right, that that makes sense. Like, it was strictly Canada. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Hmm. So, about this map... Pete, talk to me about this map. It's a really weird start. And not in a bad way, just in a... Just 
out this map. It's kind of a mysterious song. Yeah, very mysterious. Um, but I love the I I and this is this was the song that made me think on the whole record because again, like Dan said, I didn't know the history of what was going on in Gord's life during this record. But this is the song where I kind of was like, "What? Okay, what the fuck is going on? This is just everything's just too different." Especially when you look at what the previous record was. But I dug it. Um, uh, the chorus and the pre-chorus is is so good in this song. I, I don't have a ton to say, but um, the melody and the guitar licks are just top-notch. I mean, I feel like it would take me, it would take me a year to come up with that being so cool making some making guitar sound that cool and then afterward i would just like pat myself on the back for the rest of my life because it's just that <laughs> fucking cool and fucking rob baker probably just did it in like two takes and then just forgot about it and went home and had i don't know fucking rotisserie chicken or whatever you guys eat over there in canada we do eat a lot of rotisserie yeah. chicken and a labat blue labat blue Oh, now I'm really hungry and thirsty. Fuck. What did you think of about this map, Dan? Yeah, it's a good track. Um, but uh, as we were saying, yeah, it's it's um, it's a it's a bit of a weird one. Um, the um, the lyrics, the the sort of um, the sentiment in the lyrics doesn't sort of like build. You know, it sort of it sort of stays on this sort of level. Um, whilst the sort of guitars and everything kind of rise around it, which I found was pretty fascinating. Um, and again, it's like, um, yeah, in, t- in terms of sort of lyrics about this map is said, uh, 15 times. So there's, there's a, there's a lot of that in there, which I think sort of flattens the, the lyrics out a bit. Um, but, a, a, a lot of, um, a lot of textures in there that I haven't heard in other stuff as well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grower. It's an absolute grower. It was for me. Yeah. I'd always, I'd always, again, it was one of those tracks. I'd always get to this stage in the album and then think like, Oh God, hang on. What, what is that? And then, uh, yeah, it, it, it had come back to me and, um, I, I dig. It's good. Are any other two fuckers going to recognize the irony of the fact that Dan's discussing the song about this map and directly behind him is a gigantic map? Oh, yeah. Like, am, I, am I the only one, like, seeing the irony here? Sorry. That's yeah. Right. For, for those of you listening. We got a theme. Yeah. Tim's got a map, haven't you? Yeah, got a couple. He's got a couple there, yeah, too. Yeah, you got Spain and Italy behind you, right, right, Tim? Stare at it every day. All right, sing the song, Tim. EU over there. Sorry, we'll, we'll save the tour for another day. Did anybody get the edge vibes, like from I, dude, from the guitar? Hundred percent, hundred. This song and um, one coming up, hundred percent got the edge. Well said, JD. Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked how about how the latter part of U2's career has sprinkled some seasoning on this this band. I've I've heard that too. 
I think the Edge is a bit of a cheat, though, so I have a hard time talking about him. I forget his real name. It's not here nor there. It's probably let's 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 name Hold him. What, what what was his name? It's probably like. I think it's Dave. Uh, it's got to have three syllables. I think it is Dave. I think he's going to open a weed shop. <laughs> it's going to be called Dave's Not Here, man. Now, if the Edge opened a weed shop, I'd probably I'd probably like him again. Yeah, David oh. Howell Evans. There, how? See, I call him Dave. We're, we're what's, tight. What's the middle name? Let's let's move on. Dave Howell. Yeah. Dan. Did you have anything to say about uh, this map, Tim? I I didn't realize that about this map was said 15 times that's a, that's a lot i don't have a lot on this one i thought that thought it was a bit of a filler like we're, we're we've rounded the bend and we're getting towards the end of the album you know the bass there's really nice bass guitar through this it's it's a little bit more meandering and i don't know this i didn't i didn't have a lot on this one um yeah oh, just kind of kept kept me going again this this part this chunk of the album just felt uh just stronger than the past couple albums. Okay, let's move on to uh take forever. goddamn song are we on? Take it take forever.
This one's eight times live. Last played in 13. I, I, you know, maybe it was a song about astronauts. I'm, I'm not sure. It seems like, uh, also some statement about Calgary is Calgary. The, the, where the wealth is of the roof. He seems to think everyone should have heart attacks there. According to this song is, is what I read. Yeah. You know, I listened to another podcast and they were from Calgary and they took great offense. I don't recall as to why right now, but to <clears> me, <throat> I, I think about it like, you know, that beginning part, like when I broke down, I always thought I'd go to Calgary. I, I think that's a nice sentiment, but hmm. what do I know? But the, yeah, there is a lot about Calgary, right? Play what about you, Dan? Heart attack. Totally, totally stumped by this track. I, I, for some reason, it reminds me of like a late Blondie track as well. It's got some kind of hmm. vibe like that about it. But um, the yeah, the lyrics and the Calgary thing, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But I mean, this is what I'm getting from somebody's. I like, I like the, I like the tracks, but the lyrics. When I'm looking at the lyrics, it's just like, whoa, where are you going with that, God? Yeah. Any insight, JD? I wish I, you know, I I wish. It's like uh, time bomb, you know? Like, I just, like, there's hmm. so many wires and things in there that you might pull one wire and it might make some progress, but then there's a whole other pack of wires underneath, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, there's, when you do look at the lyrics for this album, there are a few themes that go through. I mean, this, again, this has got the whole kind of man machine reference and it's got this whole sort of um you know destroying space thing that we've we've heard um quite a few times as well yeah yeah um i i think this song is textbook hip i mean just the sound that it is i i, I hear you on the lyrics i didn't i guess they didn't make enough of an impact on me as the the, the, the the instruments of the song, you know, the instrumentation. Um, love the fucking thumping bass. Just um, Sinclair's all over this record. You know, um, it's classic hip. This is a, this is a song, especially in terms of chords vocals. Again, not speaking about the lyrics per se, just his singing. Um, I think this is one of the songs where I'm like, God, why is this band? Why is this? Why does nobody get this band? It's just a song that made me think of it. So, yeah, not a ton to say about it, but I dug it. I'm not. Um, I feel like compared to last week, you could, you could, you know, serve me a shit sandwich, and I'll just be like, you know. Can we can we get into just a little bit about why didn't this band blah 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 make it the US or whatever it is? I I had a lot of thoughts about this during this listen, which um you just reminded me of. And I was kind of uh neither here nor there. But this album, I too, Pete, had thought a bit about the popularity of this band in Canada versus the U S and all those things. And it was, it was concurrently during, uh, while listening to this past week, it was concurrently during Coachella that's going on right now. 
And I have a buddy who works on the marketing side of everything. Coachella, you know, if, if I ever went, it would be to hang out with him because he gets a golf cart. But anyways, I thought this band really, he has a golf cart every year, his own one, his personal golf cart there. But it, it, this band, you know, I just had to wonder about how much attention they were getting on that marketing front, you know, and, and we can, again, save some of this for our final episode, but this has been the evolution of my thinking of them is like, they weren't, who cares if they're too Canadian? It's just such a stupid statement with the concepts of yeah, the lyrics, I mean, you know, who, who cares? It's like, what, what do you say about, you could say something negative about every band and the concepts of their lyrics, whether they have them or not. And if they don't have one, then that's their concept. Who fucking cares? I just thought maybe they weren't like globally marketed enough, well, you know, like fucking who cares about radio and radio play? You can do that in across Canada mm-hmm. and you can do it on Good stations point. in Detroit and upstate New York. Where, no. But it's like they somebody there's a, a factor of this band. If there's like five poles of what makes a band globally successful, like there was one that was just kind of missing for them. That's was the ah, that made the chair not stable. You know, you're major bar swivel too I'm much. I'm going to push back a little bit, Tim, because the, if that was true, then Franz Ferdinand would not fucking headline festivals. Um, in my humble opinion, not to say they're a bad band, but you know, they were one of the bands, the biggest band that was in, implicated in the payola scandal in the right. United States. And one thing I wrote down also that I forgot to mention is that. The fact that this band is, was not more popular makes me think that popular music isn't about what's good. It's just about what gets played the most. Because it's like, and I've said this before on a previous podcast, I think we got really dark and we mentioned, we got into like things that like the uneasy eyes did, you know, it's programming with like music and torture, so to speak. But when you, Mm. when you, when you, when somebody hears something over and over and over and over, eventually they're going to hear that during a time when they're enjoying themselves. And so if they don't hear it for quite some time afterward, they're going to, and then they hear it again, maybe let's say 10 years later, 15 years later, they're going to think, they're going to automatically think back to the good time that they were having when they heard that song which is going to be good for them. So I think really what this band is like, they just, I know it seems you, you can, you can dissect it 20 different ways and skin this cat. But at the end of the day, they didn't get shit for radio play in the U S they just didn't. And if, if they were all over the airwaves, they would have been popular as shit. Hmm. Well, because my- it's the same thing as hockey, man. How many people do you know who are fucking American football fans? How many of you know who are fucking hockey fans in the U S Ah, my my like, quick push 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 back is <laughs> during this time people were fucking streaming music, stealing music, you know, like that digital digital was happening right. with music. So I think in part that's, a, the, that's a this reason. latter part of their career chunk, which is so significant. Fuck radio. I mean, yeah. I just oh, I get it. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure they put this record on SoundCloud, and that was like a big deal. Uh, let me quickly look here. That would have been a big deal at the time. I mean, they, they were doing some cool digital stuff. I'm not really talking about that as marketing speak. I don't know what I'm, I'm just something to the effect of that gets them like invited to festivals or, you know, their own festival that they threw turning into a fucking. On September 25th great little of, of 2012, the band made the album available to stream online in its entirety via SoundCloud. So that, yeah, that would have been quite a big deal, I would think. Probably got a chunk of change for that because SoundCloud was just yeah. coming up 2012, yeah. 2013. It was really unpopular. Yeah. A lot of investors. Yeah. Um, again, maybe not enough on the Canadian side to pay up, you know? Done and done. Here comes the fuzz again. Um, a really cool opening. Yeah, it's got that um, cool, cool kind of rough, fuzzy start, right? The back, yeah, hundred percent. This is just a, yet another one with the fuzz, the the backup vocals, and you know, through and through is repeated, and and you always get your way. When after that, it goes to like a minor chord, and it just, oof, it just fucking hits. It hits really fucking. Good. This is one of the few songs on this record with an acoustic guitar in it. I, I love it. Normally on a rock record, I just kind of look at the acoustic guitar as something that's you know not important. It's just in the back to add some volume to the song or it's an acoustic song, but it's this song really adds a lot of depth. Um, definitely get some edge vibes again on this song. Um, and then the, the keyboards coming okay. in are fucking rad. You know, I like it. Cool tune. How about you, Dan? Uh, well, you probably know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, it, 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 you know, again, it feels misplaced. I think this should have been the last track. This should have been the, 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 the final track, you know? Um, and, um, I, I just wish it had more, uh, lyrical content. Say so it's, I'm not. I'm not good with um, sort of the the same stuff that's sort of re- repeated. It just doesn't build on the sentiment for me. But the but the the the, the backing does. The 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 music does, um, and that makes it so much um, stronger. So for me, it's not um, it's not it's not a favorite. It's not up there. But I do I do like um, I do like listening to it. It's 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 kind of got a, like a sort of chilled vibe at the same time makes you wonder the poetic choice to second verse same as the first you know <laughs> like because that's obviously a choice and it's not oh i have lyrics you know because you yeah. know clearly he's demonstrated he had an abundance of lyrics yeah see those 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 kind of choices sort of i don't i i i, I don't get my head around them no you know that's that's the dichotomy right there you know yeah yeah capable of sticking things in but the choice was made not to and to say for me it sort of holds it at a, at a particular level which right. pete pete digs but my brain needs something else yeah it needs it to go somewhere else yeah well, what about you tim i kind of felt like with dan that it that this could have been the the last song it's you know 
feel has that feeling like we're towards the end um it made me think of like someone who's living their last days or um falling in love or falling out of love that's kind of what the vibe i got from the he says they're through but through and through you know it's uh it's an emotional kind of packs a punch under three minutes and um yeah it was to, to me again like these past three or four songs or they just like have a stride and keep moving us through so it, lots of layers especially on this one with throughout it and with the intros and the outro it's the intro and the outro it's uh there's 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 a lot of i feel like the production of this album versus the last album this one I don't know, got more creatively in the weeds, but but not in a complicated way. And this this song still carries that through it. The fuzz, as Pete has called it. Yeah. And then I'm with I'm with you too as well. That I think it should have been the last song on the record. I think mm-hmm. you go with a, a ten track record and make Good Night Adawapaskat, you know, the bonus a bonus track because it it doesn't sound like it's from the same session necessarily like it's yeah it's slicker it's got like a more fully completely kind of vibe to it and polish to it but i will accept it as my 11th track on uh now for plan a because i think it's uh you know again we're getting these thoughts and feelings from gord about the indigenous plight in our country mm-hmm. and um, trying to not normalize it, but, you know, make it right if there's any if there's any way that that could ever happen. So I will accept it. And that's good night out of Wapiscat. Uh Tim. Well, even even Gord asked Trudeau to, you know, help out. What did he say? It's bad up there. Yeah. At that last show, he's like, come on, Trudeau. We we really fucked up here with everything having to do with, um, I don't know, what do you, how do you want to label it? But the resident schools and everything. And it, it um, oh, what did I have on this one? Let me just back up a little bit. Um, aside from all the First Nations and. Oh, it's yeah. This one is, was played thirty six times live. So this one, they fucking you know, we're hitting a message hard with this song. And where do you place it in an album? Where do you place a song like this on an album? You know, it's if done and done, which was played once live only, um, wow. two thousand twelve in Rochester, uh, November six. Were you there? I bet that was a killer show. No, um, but this, but this one. Good night, Ottawapiscot, right? Yeah. Did I say it right? You know, it's uh, it's kind of just the song you have to put out there, so put it at the end. Sure, it's not really the end of the album, but it, it's its own island. It's a total statement song, and um, yeah. Yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll say it. You've been searching for an album, and... I'm going to say it, Tim Lydon, this is your album. 
I think so. Track yeah. one to track one to ten. Yeah, it's been pretty good. That's a that's a ride you go on, you know? Yeah. And Good Night Out of Wapiscat is just this fine little biscuit at the end, you know? How about you, fellas? I love the alien-like opening. I, I dug it. Uh, Silver Poets, Thousand Mile Suits. Um, really lyrics that jumped out at me. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I feel kind of the same way Tim feels, JD feels, um, in terms of this song being unplayed, uh, you know, bonus track it, maybe, okay. Make it a single on its own. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely just there. Um, but the thing I thought was cool was that I thought about, you know, and I know what you said, they only played it once in life. Yeah, I, oh, Done and Done was once. Either way, but don't imagine. Rob Baker probably fucking destroyed this on the guitar, you know. Um, so yeah. Okay. So yeah, one, I think it was from, uh, it was either from the hit museum or song, song meetings. I don't know. I read, I read too much, but no, I haven't read enough actually. Um, so I read sophisticated societies have existed around James Bay, which I understand is at, is in Attawapiskat. Um, sophisticated, sophisticated societies have been around James Bay for at least 3,500 years. We know that before there were pyramids in Egypt, there were people living around this part of the country that we now call Canada. So, you know, think about the, these first nations and the issues that, uh, the native people had with the invasion. And it's like, fuck, it's, I'm so grateful that. The tragically hip has saying about this issue you know it's it it to have this succinct of a fact-driven fucking historical story you know how it's uh it's a shame other bands don't sing enough about it dan how, how did there. you feel about this song um well i'll say another one that kept um, taking me by surprise because when I thought Done and Done had finished, it was at the end of the album. And then obviously this kept sort of um, coming in. Um, I mean, I listened to this on, on loop and uh, I still was just so convinced that it was the end of the album after <laughs> Done and Done. Um, but, but I always, I always did listen to it. And um, yeah, it's, um, I say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good track, but I had no idea what the hell it was about until today. Yeah. So again, I had a, a bit of a look at there as well. And it, it also, didn't they say that um, uh, the hit played at uh, the Great Moon Gathering? Uh, was it 2010 or 11 or something like that? And it was after that that they um, they they kind of recorded this. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Right. Yeah. So that's what I sort of um, <clears throat> got out of it. But um, the it's the end of the track, isn't it? It goes again, it goes into another one of those sort of sonic-y landscape type things. And, uh, almost the stuff in there almost sounds like a plane sort of taking off as well. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It, it, I mean, it's very atmospheric, but oh, I don't know. I just got this thing about, I just got this thing about done and done. It just sounds so final, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. 
I think a live a live version of Goodnight Atawapiskat on a seven inch with the with the studio version, they could have sold it and made even more people aware. Mm. Uh, you know, do it as a standalone single because uh, it wasn't even a single. It's, it's strange there were only two singles. I don't know. Don't get it. Well, fellas, this has uh, been a slice, uh, and it will be a lot of slicing and dicing when we <laughs> cut this episode. At the end of every episode, I ask you guys to select an MVP track, a, a song that you can add to a playlist that you are going to sequence. This is going to be something that you will provide the link for on Reddit so that people can get access to your playlist so uh pete do you want to just uh put in a man machine a stamp palm, on no, it? hands down hands down man machine palm Track man machine two. shares in common tiger the lion at the uh track listing of two oh, uh yeah. you're gonna have a hell of a time putting those two songs on the same set list boy oh boy that's that's gonna be big all right, so Tim, now we go to you. What bees your song? Well, the album really out of the gates sold me with At Transformation. I just dug that song and was so pleased. But I got to say, Streets Ahead, it's three and a half minutes of fun. It's got a great pace to it. It's, it's just a fucking cool song, and I, I keep coming back to that one. So I'm going with Streets Ahead. That's it. Nice. And Dan, we're not going to let you off the hook. You do have to pick a song, goddammit. Well, you know what I'm going to pick then, don't you? It's got to be The Look Ahead. There you go. Beautiful. 100%. All right. Give me The Look Ahead. All right. Beautiful. Yeah, that's two two minutes and 30 seconds that packs a punch. And uh, it's uh, like our podcast, you know? It packs a punch in minimal amount of time. And I really want to thank you for doing the heavy lifting uh, as you do each and every week, Pete and Tim. Uh, We are so thrilled to have you back, Dan, from London. Yeah. Good to see you, Dan. Thank you. All right, fellas. Well, thanks thanks for today. All right. Pick up your shit. Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at gettinghippod. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at jd at gettinghiptothehip.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do podcasts and such. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.